Hey y'all, it's Pastor Emil here with another episode of Sweet Jesus. Ice cream is sweet, but Jesus is sweeter. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, I don't need ice cream right now uh, because I have Jesus, but also because I had an awful lot of ice cream on Saturday. For those of you that aren't aware, National Ice Cream for Breakfast Day is the first or... First Saturday of February, so mark your calendars forever and ever and ever. Uh, The first Saturday Saturday of February, you're allowed to have ice cream for breakfast. Uh, What does that have to do with anything um, that I want to talk about right now? Not a whole lot, but it's an excuse for why I don't have ice cream with me yet. But looking to do another... Tuesday Tunes got a song that we sang on Sunday here at Open Arms. It's from Jesus Culture. It's called Not Afraid. I Am Not Afraid. And uh, the reason why that was uh, an important song for us on Sunday is we did uh, a study. We were looking at the parable of the talents. And this is a parable in, in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. It is a, uh, a parable of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is saying this is what it's going to be like at the end. He's told one about uh, ten virgins with lamps. And after this, he'll tell one uh, about uh, the return of the king and dividing the sheep and the goats. But in the middle is this particular parable. And the, the parable, I think, is really about fear. It's it's about a willingness to take risks. Uh, you can take a look at our worship from Sunday if you want to hear how I talked about it then. But, but the basic gist of it, the idea was that if we believe in Jesus, we are going to take risks. Uh, if we are part of the kingdom of God, uh, hopefully we recognize just how precious the kingdom is, not just to us, but to the people that God is calling us to bring his kingdom to and the people that God is calling for us to reach and bring into that kingdom to be a part of it, uh, not just to experience it and to experience life as God intends it, to, to experience the blessings, uh, but also to enjoy what it is to actually be a citizen of the kingdom, to, to be able to carry that kingdom with you and, and be connected to Jesus as your own king. Um, the, the issue in this particular story is he tells the story that there's this master, he's got all this wealth, and he divides it up, he gives it to his servants, he gives it to three of them, two of them, uh, one has five, one has two, one has one talent, a talent was 20 years worth of wages, so this is uh, an awful lot of resources, and uh, he, he goes away, and when he comes back, he finds that one doubled it to 10, the other doubled it to four, and the guy with one buried it in the ground. The master is pretty upset about that. He responds to the master and says, well, here's why I did it. Um, You know, I know you're a pretty nasty guy, and (laughs) I was kind of worried that uh, if I didn't have what you gave me, then you'd you'd be upset with me. And, and I'd be in trouble, and I didn't want that, so I just buried it in the ground. Here you go. Here's what's yours. And, you know, I think ultimately this this one guy, what he demonstrates is first, 
that clearly his master isn't all that important to him. Clearly his master's wealth, his master's kingdom is not precious to him, uh, which is something for us to consider. Is the kingdom precious to us? Are, are we valuing our master the way we should? But then the other piece is he is explaining that he, the way he's explaining his master and his master's character, he's saying this guy's awful. <laughs> and, you know, if you think that about your boss or, or, or master or, or king, you know, you don't say it. <laughs> this guy says it. This is why I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything because you're terrible and I was afraid. Well, I think the point is is that if Jesus is our king, if Jesus is the master who's entrusted things to us, then why in the world should we ever be afraid? If the father of Jesus is revealed in him, if his character is revealed in and through Jesus, we have nothing to fear. In fact, uh, we should be willing more than anyone else to be able to screw up to take risks because we know that Jesus is the one who has done everything upon which our salvation depends. Jesus is the one who has been perfect. Jesus is the one who went to the cross. Jesus is the one who overcame death uh, and the grave and, and defeated Satan on Easter. So if Jesus has done it all, what we do or don't do are our successes or failures have no bearing on whether or not we're in. We are loved. We are accepted. We have an incredible future in front of us. We have an eternity of life without pain, without suffering, in the presence of God, which ultimately is the reward itself, is his presence and being with him. The world is a mess because we are not in the immediate presence of God the way we once were. And, uh, and when you take God out of the world, just like when you take God out of communities and all this kind of stuff you hear a lot about, uh, it, it's not usually good. <laughs> it's not usually good. So when God is, is forced to remove himself from sinful people in a broken world, the world sort of falls apart. Uh, that's the brokenness that we see, that we wrestle with, that we deal with all the time personally and in our loved ones' lives and in the lives of our neighbors and our friends and our, our, our church family and the people around us in our community. Uh, so this is, uh, J- Jesus should give us every reason to be willing to take risks because he has done it all. He loves us. Uh, God loves us enough to have sent him. Jesus did everything perfectly. We're in. And now we've got this stuff that God has given us, resources that he has given us, and, and he's looking to, to see us put these resources to use, to take risks. And, and you know, the interesting thing about risk is that the, the guy that buried the one talent in the ground actually took a risk. I don't know how familiar you are with uh, the way financial things work, I spent some time in the, the finance world helping people with finances and investments and all that kind of stuff. Uh, not a lot of time, but it's always been sort of a, a, a personal of personal interest to me. And the reality is, is that actually you can take more of a risk by being too cautious. So the idea is, is that if you invest your money and you are so cautious with it, that it only earns 
1% or less than 1% or even 2% and inflation is 3% or 4% or 5%, you're actually, even though the numbers on your statement are going up, they're actually not going up as fast as the value of a dollar is going up or, or the, you know, the rate of inflation, the devaluing, I guess, of the dollar that you have in that account, each dollar you have. So, so you're taking a risk by being unwilling to take a risk. And, and there's a lot of stuff out there. They have these um, retirement age funds now that will adjust your risk based on your age, your distance from retirement, and then your time in retirement. And a lot of them, uh, some of them are actually set up in such a way that even in retirement, there's something like anywhere from 40 to 50% of the portfolio that's in stocks, which are considered the most risky. Uh, there are there are different grades within stocks. And sorry if I'm boring you with some of these details, but Hopefully you get the point. The, the point is is that you need to take a certain amount of risk or else you're actually taking a greater risk. If you don't take enough risk, you're actually putting yourself in a greater, uh, a more risky situation. Now, what if you do nothing? Like you take absolutely no risk. That's what this one guy did. Uh, he... Buried it in the ground. Why did he bury it in the ground? Well, he might have tried to keep it for himself and hoping his master forgot about it. Uh, uh, but uh, I think primarily he was afraid. He was afraid. And his master criticizes him. Well, you didn't go and make it double, but you could have gotten me at least interest in, uh, you know, giving my money to the bankers, right? You didn't even do that. And so now I've actually lost what I could have had with basically no risk. You actually took even less than no risk, <laughs> you know, you, and, and he wound up taking more of a risk because the master's so upset and he kicks him out. But, you know, brothers and sisters uh, out there and, and uh, Christians, non-Christians alike, you know, what is it that keeps us from taking risk? Well, we're afraid. We're afraid of what might happen. We're afraid of losing what we already have. We're afraid that uh, taking that risk will mean uh, something happens that we don't want to happen or it could happen, right? There's something that we think we need. There's something that we think we have to have. And if that is at risk, well, then we don't want to, we don't want to make that decision or take that action. And this song is an encouragement to take risk because of the faithfulness of God. Let's take a look at this song. Um, I meant to get a a link in there about with the YouTube video. Sorry, I forgot to do that. Uh, I'll do that afterward. But uh, here it is, Jesus Culture, I am not afraid. I have this confidence because, right? So this is why you're, she's not afraid, right? I've seen the faithfulness of God. And if you haven't tuned in for a Throwback Thursday We've got some out there on on uh, some episodes out there on the uh, podcast channel, on Facebook, on YouTube, and, and the idea with that Throwback Thursday, Throwback Thursday with a twist. The idea is, if you take a look at Joshua chapter four, Joshua is uh, told by God to get the Israelites to get these memorial stones, uh, and and the memorial stones are there to remind the people of what God did for them that day. 
and not just that day, but a, a, a reminder of everything he's ever done for them, and, and that is that they were able to cross the Jordan on dry ground. And, of course, that makes them think of the Exodus, being able to cross the Red Sea on dry ground, and then, of course, so many other opportunities of God's faithfulness to be on display with the manna and the quail and the, the water and, and so many things that happen in the wilderness. So, so I've seen the faithfulness of God. So if you are struggling with fear, the, the most important thing you can do is actually think. And, and a lot of people think Christians don't think. Actually, I think Christians don't think enough. They're just not thinking the right way. They're, they're not thinking enough about the right things. If you think about the way that God has demonstrated his faithfulness to you in your life already, the way you've made it through a variety of situations, you will find the confidence to face whatever's up next. Still haven't finished the first verse. Sorry, I guess I'm talkative today. Uh, the still inside the storm, the promise of the shore. And so this is something that God's faithfulness has been at work before, and so even in the midst of the storm, there is a peace, there is a stillness. Uh, that makes me think of Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. Uh, the promise of the shore. You know, if you're out in a boat and you're in a storm, you just want to get to the shore. And actually, there's a great song I should talk about one of these days, Mercy's Shore by uh, Need to Breathe on their latest album, Excellent song, uh, talking about mercy, sure, getting to the shore, the, the hope, the ultimate hope that we have, that in the end, even if whatever we're afraid of does kill us, we have this incredible hope that in Jesus we actually overcome even death. So there's really nothing to be afraid of. Uh, I trust the power of your word, Hebrews 4.12 uh, the power of the word, uh, Isaiah 55, your word does what you send it to do. Um, enough to seek your kingdom first. So I trust the power of your word enough to seek your kingdom first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be uh, added to you. That's uh, Matthew 6.33. If we are going about doing what God wants us to do, we have nothing to worry about. He has promised us in his word that he will take care of everything else. And, and I know that's tough to do because I wrestle with that myself, but I can also tell you that when I do, when I focus on those things, I see his faithfulness and I don't need to worry about all these other things. Uh, and then beyond the barren place, beyond the ocean waves... Right, even in the desert, uh, even in these immense waves of the ocean, you know, God sees us through those beyond those times, beyond those moments. And then the chorus. This is actually coming, I think, from Isaiah forty-three verses one through three. The, uh, the, the chorus goes: When I walk through the waters, I won't be overcome. When I go through the rivers, I will not be drowned. My God will make a way, so I. Am not afraid. Uh, Isaiah 43. Oh man, I, I had it marked. But that's what I get for flipping somewhere else. Isaiah 43. But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, 
the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And uh, I think that's what's going on here. This promise of God to be with us in the storms, in the, the fire, in all kinds of situations. My God will make a way. Uh, that made me think of Mary. You know, Mary's hearing from this angel who's telling her about what's about to happen. And she's like, I'm a virgin. How am I supposed to have a child? And the angel says, nothing is impossible with God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and all that, yes, but nothing is impossible with God. There is always a way. And, you know, I uh, actually spent some time this morning with some brothers in Christ, uh, fellow pastors in our denomination. We, we have like a monthly gathering. We've been doing Zoom for a while, uh, but uh, decided to meet in person for the first time in, uh, well, first time for me meeting them in person, but uh, we were talking a little bit about just the state of the church and the challenges facing us and the way forward, and it just seems so hopeless and helpless. We feel helpless. But we also then talked about the idea that God makes a way, that God can, God will make a way. And if God can make a way, if nothing is impossible, if, if he can make a way for us to come back to him, to be his children, to enjoy eternity with him, well, then we can make it through whatever the heck is, is ahead of us uh, as pastors uh, in the church and in this world, the way the, that society seems to be changing. Nothing is impossible with God. He made a way with Jesus, and he made a way for Mary. <laughs> Uh, to give birth to his son, uh, to bring him into this world, to do all that was needed for us to be saved. So I am not afraid. Next verse here, you keep the promises you make. There isn't one that is delayed. You know, so again, the God's faithfulness, remembering the promises he has kept to us already, uh, just the fact that Jesus came as promised, that promise goes all the way back to Genesis 3, right? So from almost the very beginning of Scripture, the beginning of all things, right? That The fall, instantly after the fall, God is talking about the consequences, but then he also talks about this incredible blessing, this plan that he has now. And, and God fulfilled that promise in Jesus to crush the head of the serpent and to uh, to make a way for us to be with him again. Uh, and, and so it might have been a really long time for God's people over the centuries, the millennia, to see that promise fulfilled. But then Galatians 4, at the right time, Christ came, right? When, when the time had fully come, Christ was born of Mary. And then Romans 5, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. And uh, there's there's uh, just so much that, you know, we may be waiting on for God, that we're expecting him to do something in a particular way at a particular time in a particular place, and yet his timing is always perfect. And, and sometimes the delay is, what we perceive as a delay, is just waiting for that perfect moment for us to understand his faithfulness the most and for the people around us to see his faithfulness most clearly. And also for people to see Jesus in us, the more difficult our situation, the more harder it is to love people when we love them, the more they see a supernatural love in us. Uh, the more helpless we appear to be, 
the more powerful God's power is in us. When we're crushed, when we're, we look like we've got nothing and we're being pushed and squeezed and, and all kinds of stuff, when people look at us and they don't see us collapse the way they expect, uh, they are inclined then in a way that we aren't usually able to uh, display on our own, uh, they they see a supernatural power. They may not think of it that way, but they, they are shocked. Just like the way people were shocked and awed by the way Christians faced death in the first, uh, first few centuries as they were thrown to lions and, and faced all kinds of things uh, for their faith. There are historical accounts of people just marveling and saying, wow, look at how they die. I mean, they're dying, and this is supposed to be sport and entertainment, and we're supposed to be having a good time while these people are, are thrown to the lions, and yet I am just absolutely dumbfounded as I watch their confidence and the lack of fear. So, uh, my God will make a way. I am not afraid. You keep the promises you make. There isn't one that is delayed. So, I will not lose heart here, I will lift my arms and start to sing into the night. My praise will call the sun to rise. Declare the battle won. Declare that it is done. And actually, there's a fascinating story, I think, in Second Chronicles 20 about uh, God's people facing off in some kind of battle and the instructions from God were send out uh, the praise team, <laughs> put them out first, which I don't know how many praise teams would... Uh, <laughs> appreciate that, uh, how many church musicians. But but that's what happens here. And, and as they're praising God, God gives them a victory. It, it's, it's actually fascinating. We could spend a whole lot of time talking about that. I encourage you to dig into that if you, if you have some time. Uh, I believe it's Second Chronicles 20. I didn't even think about that until I was in here talking, so don't hold me to that. Uh, maybe Second Chronicles 2012 sounds familiar. Uh, maybe twelve twenty, something like that. I'm not entirely sure. Um, declaring the battle won before it even comes. So something to think about. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, what's that? There's a song. I will. I will praise you in the storm. No, that's not it. Uh, I raise a hallelujah. That's the song. And that's another one that kind of I'm gonna I'm gonna shout and sing your praises in the middle of the mess, and that is my demonstration of faith, and also that is what you've commanded me to do in in some of these passages in Scripture. That's what I feel compelled to do, and you're gonna you're gonna earn a victory for me. I don't need to do it; it's all on you, and I'm confident you'll do it. Uh, and then we get the chorus again here: When I walk through the waters, I won't be overcome. When I go through the rivers, I will not be drowned. My God will make a way, so I am not afraid. When I am in the fire, I will not feel the flame. I'll stand before the giant declaring victory. My God will make a way, so I am not afraid. Again, uh, Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 3, and then the fire idea, I will not feel the flame. That also made me think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Another fascinating story. These guys refused to bow down and worship an idol, even though it was the law of the land. And uh, they were going to be thrown in the fiery furnace. And the, the king, Nebuchadnezzar, even gave them a, a last chance. Hey, we're going to play the music again, and you're going to have to bow down. And, and this is your last chance. And they're like, well, you can do it, but we're not... <laughs> 
<laughs> Even uh, we believe that our God will rescue us is actually what they say. Uh, we believe our God will rescue us, but if not, and there's a fascinating story from World War II, the bombing of London that goes with that that I won't get into now. I think I may have mentioned it once before, but a fascinating story where the reply to the German army is, you know, but if not, and uh, this idea that God's going to deliver us, but if not, we're not going to give in to you and your craziness. And so that's what they do, and they get thrown into this furnace, and they're walking around, and, and they are not harmed. And in fact, they look, and they say, oh, it looks like another person is in there. Didn't we throw three in? Why are there four? One looks like, you know, a son of God. And uh, the guy who put them in, the guy who opened the door, is actually vaporized because it's so hot. Um, and um, so there's something going on there, right? But because of God's faithfulness, they are able to uh, go through and not be burned. And then before me, behind me, always beside me, no shadow, no valley where you won't find me. Well, there's Psalm 23 in there. There's also the the parable of the lost sheep in there. You know, God's going to chase us down. He's going to come after us. He's going to find us. He's never going to give up on us. There's nothing to be afraid of. And then the repeat of that, before me, behind me, always beside me, no shadow, no valley where you won't find me. No, I am not afraid. I am not afraid. Uh, there's a lot of uh, repeating here, so I think that's probably uh, enough for now. But, uh, man, there's an awful lot. This is such a rich song with so many things, so many connections to so many mighty acts of God and His faithfulness that uh, I would encourage you to take a look at it, take a long listen to it, uh, put it on repeat, um, and, uh, and let God strengthen you in your faith as you look to be faithful with the resources God has given you, that you look to be a risk taker, not, not foolishly. I mean, don't go eating Tide Pods or something ridiculous like that. Um, you know, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, Jesus says to Satan, who tried to get him to jump off of a top of a temple. Uh, so, so nothing like <laughs> dumb. I mean, like there are some really dumb things you could do. But, but I'm thinking uh, that you probably get what I'm saying. And, and there are risks to our reputation and to our finances and to our relationships and to so many other things that are keeping us from doing the things that uh, we know that God wants us to do, the risks he wants us to take. And uh, remember that not taking a risk is a risk, and it may actually, in fact, be a greater risk. In fact, I think the fact that the church in North America for a really long time has failed to take risks is why we are in the situation we are in now. And so, brothers and sisters, uh, and whether you're a Christian or not, I would encourage you to take some risks and recognize what we have, the confidence we have, the reasons for confidence we have for that in Jesus. God bless you. I hope this has been a blessing to you. And uh, hang in there. Remember, taste and see that the Lord is good. Ice cream is sweet. All kinds of great things in life. King cake is sweet. But Jesus is far sweeter. God bless you. Hope to catch you soon. Bye-bye.